0: Across all of Kansas and the US there's this great confusion. We compare each other to ourselves and we say oh we're not like them but we're comparing our region to a different region in England a different type of Englishman. person I was associated with I saw him post this photo on Facebook and it said we fight harder and it was a photo of Downton Abbey next to a photo of Yellowstone the Kevin Costner series of the frontiersman family as if to say as if to say that this is different from this and the english are weak the Granthams are plantagenets they're country lords well away from the border and you so you're basically comparing the people from the backlands culture with a connecticut colgate family and that's when i realized i really wanted to make this video to explain the english frontiers and where it comes from on the english borderlands There are regions which are the marches. The Scots and the English of this area are both Anglos. All the last names are Anglos. They're not Celtic names. Both the English and the Scots have the same culture and they raid each other. The Earls of the area, they were called the Warden of the March, but often these people are Reavers as well. They'll raid across the border. They're families. These are the same kind of people you you see in Yellowstone. I'm going to tell the borderland story of the Battle of Otterberg, Douglas, who is the Scottish lord? Makes raids into Northumbria, three different shires, pillaging. With an army of Scotsmen, forty thousand strong, arrives with his army at the walls of Newcastle, where Percy is Henry Percy, who is the Englishman. And these two lords are young men; they've been brought up fighting since they were thirteen years old. And so he taunts him: "Will you fight me? Come out and fight me." Percy says, "You've done me great us great wrong. You've raided these shires. You've raided Northumbria. A lot of you will." will die and he says by my truth i will meet you and come back to bring justice upon you and so they promise to each other he says by my truth i'll meet you at this place with my force and we will fight douglas doesn't think he's going to turn up and one of his men rouses him and says he's here Percy's here henry the englishman he's come and douglas says, oh he can't be here what are you talking about he, there's no way it must be someone else he, he's a he's a coward then he goes out on the forest edge where he's camped and sees that it is indeed Percy and they approach and, and Percy rides up and Douglas says yield the field to us we are double your number the lot of you shall die like Percy says to him on the walls of the keep he's greatly troubled when he sees that they are indeed twice their number that's a demoralizing blow to see oh god how are we going to win this but what he does in response to that is immediately leap off his horse and then whip it away and then all his rest of the men see what he's, do- he's done and then they then do the same thing. He does it first. Think Horatio Nelson, who's just like this, same sort of values. And he says, nay, I won't yield because I gave you my truth. Said I'd face you on the field of battle. And Douglas says, we should fight it out and our men don't have to die. And he says... In France or in England or in Scotland, every time I was challenged that I fought that person one-on-one. I won't ever have it said that I would say no to that. And so he agrees to it. But then a squire rushes up and says, even though I'm a poorly squire, I won't have it that we stood by, by while you two fought in our stead. That I won't have the king told of that. The battle starts and they charge at each other and clash together like rams. And then a scout, a knight, comes up to Percy in the Battle of the Englishman and says to him that, I've come from your father, who's camped close by. He has ordered me to tell you that he and his lords with him want part of this fight and to come to him. And Percy says, I will be harried the end of my days, endlessly having to prove my manhood. It will never change if I do this now. Tell my father that you never came across me. And then he comes across douglas in the field and they're bleeding from their armor they're slashing at each other it's a mighty battle between two titans of warfare both young men and then douglas says who are you you obviously are an earl or a mighty lord the mightiest that i've ever faced i don't wish to kill you yield and then percy says i can't yield i gave you my truth and then the tragic thing is the scotsman likes him in this moment he's saying oh, this guy's like me he's powerful like me i don't want to kill him because we're the same and he even offers him money him the ransom money to yield in this scenario and then after that and that moment a bolt flies past and hits douglas in the chest as he dies he says merry man around me the scotsman says this continue on the fight and then percy seeing him die leans on his sword and then takes douglas's hand and says i've never seen a mightier warrior i would have given three years of my lands to you to have not have you die this day suddenly another scottish lord seeing that happen spears Percy. Then a Northumbrian Englishman kills that Scottish lord as well, that no man sees the field on either side after that, until they're both annihilated. And only 60 Scotsmen out of 40,000 make it out alive, and only 600 Englishmen make it out alive. After that, both the Scottish and the English kings say that, ah, oh, there's not a mightier warrior lord in all of my lands that I'm greatly grieved, and it says that we'll take vengeance for this death of both the death of Percy and the death of Douglas. And so you see that environmentalness, both the personal honour reflected on a national scale, so the feud continues outwards. A prisoner, that is a Scottish knight, goes back to tell the story about Percy. So that's for the borderlands that it's done to repay the enemy, but also so they never harry across the border again. Personal is. The community for the, this guy, because he is the warden of the north, in the northern marches, it's his territory, it's his clan. It's, an attack on the north isn't a personal affront to him. The two warriors from either side of the border, the recognition of their mutual power, might, commitment, holding to your truth. To kill the other is to kill someone just like you. But it's too late. We've already said and given our truth that we would fight, fight and, and neither of us would flee or yield. That's why it's so anglo-saxon because it's about like weird the word weird means sort of fate. it's towards ragnarok it can't be changed it's a flowing river and that's what's happening here is it it's bleak heroic necessity as towards your fate that's why it's like the, the poetic edda in the, the the viking mythology the gods make all these promises and they always follow them through even though they're terrible things to have said They always follow them through. And that's the same for these Northerners. There's a great sorrow you see amongst it between them. It's him and his father saying, tell my father you never came across me because this has to be done because it's my way. It's my fate. It's my destiny to do this. And it seems ridiculous in the poetic Edda, but you can see in these Borderland Reaver tales, it's not ridiculous. Here's a situation where you can see the motive behind it is that people would promise things, but because of the laugh, because of the honor culture, And because of the enforcing of that, by the personnel on the Borderlands, they are forced to see it through. I don't know what it is about, that. that's so touching. It's, tell my father that you couldn't find me. He knows in the moment that he has to do what he has to do. It's about this independent spirit, not appeal to a higher authority. This is a Borderlander way of framing it. Nobility, not chivalry. He's not making a claim that tell my father that i had to fight on the field or we would be dishonored it's between him and his maker so he gains nothing out of it it makes it bleak heroic necessity by saying that it's not about saying you would for the sake of your position in the hierarchy it's for its own sake because this is the good my natural morality and that's what the borderlanders are like that's what they believe in, natural liberty. We will decide our justice, what's right and wrong, not have a, a superior authority. We will enact that justice too. We will revenge ourselves against you. These aren't literate people. They don't read the classics. It's just passed mimetically. There's old school anglo saxonness Northern Courage, the Australian frontiersman, the American frontiersman. He wasn't made by the American frontier. He was sent to the fr- American frontier because he was a borderlander by his nature. They literally put them there because oh, these guys are savages, send them over there where the other savages, the Indians, so they can hold the border. Your border reavers and blood feuders, your honor culture, your the Thane culture, where the strongest man is the leader of the clan. If you're from a flyover state or Australia or. Whatnot. When you think that you're not English, have you ever met a northerner? Have you ever met a Geordie or a Yorkshire? If you meet them, you'll find yourself right at home with those people in their bluntness, in their truth-telling, not with how the state treats you, but how the people are and the way they behave, what they appreciate and what they value. There's still a penchant for boiling food in North England and this, as there still is in the frontier in America. If you say, oh, no we're Celtic, were Celtic in this area, were Irish, Scottish. Yeah, but you've got to understand that all the immigrants that came were Anglo-Irish, and those people immigrated from England in periods where the Anglos went to Ireland. Yes, Catholics came too, but they were in the minority. The Catholics are the Celts. The Highlanders don't have a large population either from Scotland. Most of those Scots are lowland Scots, which means they're basically Anglos. Never spoke Gaelic. They have the same culture as the Northern Englishman does. The Northumbrians even have bagpipes, the short pipe, Northumbrian short pipe. Yeah, people don't get this, and of course st- Scottish nationalism confuses people. Unless you're from a particular area, and there are certain really particular small areas where that's where the Highland Scots went, that's where the Dutch went, but the dominant culture is what it is. People wonder why all the private states voted for Trump, right? He's blunt. He speaks his mind, but you say, oh, but Trump was a billionaire. He's not like us. Yeah, he is because his fucking mother is Scottish. (laughs) That's why he is the way he is. That's why he talks to the working class people. That's why he gets on well with them. He understands that it's not about class and money. It's about region. He's like Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was the same. He's not a well-read guy. Fires up, speaks his mind, right? Barges people aside and... The Scots are like that, the Northern English are like that. Andrew Jackson, the American president, his mother in fact said that the war of independence was just another border trouble, just like back home. You have someone like Douglas Murray, who I saw speak on an interview for the Telegraph or the Sun when they were talking about Australians. And Delgis Murray was talking about and saying, yeah, I don't really like, (laughs) not that he sounds Victorian, but Australians that turn up in London speaking their minds, he's bloody, (laughs) you know. But the truth is here, the major emigration to Australia came from the North, in the North Midlands. What that tells us is what he's really hating is the Northerner. They're not like that because they're criminals or convicts. We know that the Yorkshireman speaks his mind. The northern who speaks his mind is blunt. Those traits are Englishness. The backcountry America, Appalachian Mountains, which is the same culture, he's hating on that, and he's hating on his own people without even realizing it. So that's the problem, is that you have an American, an Appalachian, a flyover state, who's from the English borderlands culture, he compares himself to something he's seen on TV and thinks, oh, we're not like those English people. But you've just compared yourself to a southern fairy, Douglas Murray. In essence, if you're from Massachusetts, you will get on well with East Anglians in the east part of the country. If you're from Virginia, you'll, you'll get on well with people from the west country where all the Chad Cavaliers came from. If you're from Southern England and you go to South Australia, you get on well with the people from there because that was a different type of colony. The problem is the disowning of these traits in the South, which are crucial to the health of the English kingdom. And they have been since the dawn of it. These borderlanders in their truth-telling and their savageness were sent overseas to war to the colonies that we're facing trouble at home right now. All these forces working against this culture to try and destroy it from inside, from other cultures, occupying cultures that don't or haven't assimilated, that North FC honor culture to a degree, it still exists, the trait still exists. but calling it thug, we need our savages now. We need the courage of that. These folk traditions that show the heroism of these people is to be admired and is admired by the king. We must too lift them up. This northernness, the Henry VIII is known for sending these borderlanders over to France, where they wreaked havoc. But for the king, when talking about the borderlands culture, and this is true in America, and it, it's, it's demonstrated in the behaviours, in the records I've read them. When your law is broken, when your honour is broken, you have to deal and make justice yourself, rather than relying on external authority. And that's why violent crimes were not punished as savagely in the courts. Property theft was but violent crime was lenient. There's a Southern saying, which we all know, which is an Englishman's home was his castle. The Northern one is every Englishman must be the sheriff of his own land. That's different, isn't it? Because it's not a literate place, it's really important that talk is not idle, words thrown out for the sake of it. To lie in that culture is deadly. Whereas in a literary tradition where what's written down can be endlessly referred to that's more considered the place where truth is found so it's also more personal truth isn't as much a general thing it's between you and i i hold my truth to you yours to me in america in appalachian mountains young men will play this game where they set a border (laughs) borderlanders they dump all their outer clothes and whoever can raid across that border without getting killed and steal the stuff of the other other chaps' wins, and the games are really violent because it's a preparation for war. All of it, not because anyone planned it. It just evolved that way. You can see that in football hooliganism now, and the other game they play, which is quite savage, is they wrestle. I read this one account of Borderlands wrestling where one chap got his arms in front of his face like this, charged at the other guy and grappled his head like Game of Thrones sort of, gouged out his eyes with his thumbs, scratched into his head. And only after he'd bitten off his nose, his ears and gouged out his eyes did the guy tap out like UFC. I bet you the ratings for UFC are by far the highest in the borderlands. In North England, Scotland, in the Appalachian Mountains, Flyover States... Backlands of Virginia, I bet you, if I looked into this or you did, UFC would be very highly rated. There's particular to Borderlands is it's, it's, it has to happen. The, the taunting happens, then the fight happens. It's all part of it. It's whoever gives in first loses. It's in the Border Reaver tale I just read, where uh, Douglas taunts him at Newcastle before he comes out. Do you see that taunting in UFC as well, in boxing? Same thing. Now, in this story where the two chaps, the guy got his eyes gouged out, then the whole crowd that had gathered to watch it grabs the other guy, even with the wounds, leaves the dude with, with the bloody no eyes, leaves him and puts the other guy on their shoulders and takes him around the whole town cheering. There's an account of this. It's hilarious. The way they raise their children, when they're toddlers, they're given the most love out of all English cultures when they're little babies doubted over by men and women when they become a child though so once they can talk and they're walking around it's like off you go (laughs) you know they're really harshly dealt with given a pickaxe go chop down the trees and get out there and do it young men develop a real will told to go out and and imitate their father there's this account of this guy who says that that wanton destruction of these branches was something i distinctly remember to destroy it for the sake of it because you can see that's all a preparation for borderlands war the backlands are much different. The northern is much different in, in the fact that they've kept all the stuff that the Puritans would have hated and considered witchery. For these people, because they were oral tradition, they've kept methodologies for pregnancy and rituals and customs for farming and such, and that you enact that is a positive spell. Same with how they, they worshipped as well. That's why they were Presbyterians in this area. You have camp meets for religion, a fair that, where they meet up to worship and do their thing, but they didn't like a hierarchical priest coming in and doing that sort of thing. And the Impulsions are still there, by the way. This hasn't gone away. You can see it in how Northerners act, how Geordies act, and how Yorkshiremen act. The Borderlander bluntness is an expression of, we're both free born you and I. It's not blunt for the sake of it like German bluntness, which is blunt because I can, for the sake of being blunt because you're not going to stop me. Dis-disdain for these flyover states uh, of North FC, or these people are so uncultured. The truth is, under that, even implicitly is, it's actually an envy, because most of these people are physical cowards. In these bubbles, in the media and in the academia, in school, wherever they lived, they were the geeks. It's the revenge of the geeks, the nerds, and the degenerates. That's what we're living through. Fat North FC. Well, he's always got his chest, his belly out. He's proud. He doesn't give a shit. You wish you were that proud. You hate yourself. Is that you truly, deep down, you envy North FC. You envy the Appalachian Mountains backlands person, a flyover state person who's out there with his flag waving. You, he doesn't give a shit. And those people are punk now. The Northern authenticity, what it really is. Carl Pilkington, I'd often often put that XFM show on to sleep to. They, They did that idiot abroad. We've got two Southerners. Went to university. He would talk about the things, oh, travel broadens the mind, broadens your horizons. All those lines that they deliver are what a textbook says about what books you should appreciate, how you should see a site and consider it, and it's value to you it's all bullshit they're all the things we tell each other about things but none of us experience bottom up and you see that in how carl pilkington when he talks about the Taj mahal in this he says yeah i'd rather have just stayed home in manchester could have sort of seen it on the telly you find yourself so often when you listen to carl and you're going you might hear the first thing you go oh what and then you look and you go hang on a minute he's right (coughs) but this would be the case for someone like Stephen Murchin, he would say, oh yeah, I loved it, it was so beautiful, because that's what you're told you're supposed to say, because we're afraid to not be correct. You're communicating a proposition that's disconnected from understanding. They are the idiots when it comes to that stuff, because he's authentically engaging with what's given. I've met a bunch of these people online, Is that they, it's as if they're Googling it, but they have the correct proposition, it's correct according to Google, and they spent their lives absorbing it, they're just an encyclopedia. When you see an episode of Jeopardy and the people, <laughs> yeah, the people that are the the world champions of Jeopardy, right? The factoid know no is that oh, they can memorize. Right. Those people be the shittest people to talk to at the pub. Boring, intellectually even to engage in a debate or a dialogue. But even so, the point is the northerner is more in touch with his authentic being we don't need to be told first what's good, not to look to <clears throat> centralized authority we'll do it on the local we'll understand it on the local the Dionysian because the Dionysian is the god of drink, right really it's the heroic, the rebirth god acting in the world it's a it's got its own kind of logic that's what the northern is more connected to it's the Dionysian logic of the world is a stage and where players but serious players as in heroes are all heroes in it you figure stuff out by enacting by stepping out the door not by thinking about it in abstract forever acting first, thinking later and we don't do enough of that anymore the northernness has a destiny now the values are still there you can see it and how they behave like I've shown you today and how they the bluntness the truth the authenticity that's shared from Appalachia to Australia. Oh, we need our barbarians back. We need to lift up our barbarians as noble warriors. And you like you see in this, they're earls, they're wardens. The northerner is the warden of the outer march. That's the destiny of the northerner. That's the destiny of the Appalachians. They're the people that will save us. The people that aren't afraid of a fight. The people who are authentic and tell the truth. The people that are disagreeable. Because the truth of the matter is, if you live your life not telling the truth, I'll just earn a bit more money, then i can say whatever i want those people never will they'll always be afraid because they've met all the wrong people they're in all the wrong circles but if you step across the line you form networks you form a habit for that kind of courage and not like an idiot i don't mean just spouting stuff that's going to get you fucked and arrested but there's a way you have to go on the adventure of your own life if you never do you'll look back and said You look back on your life in your deathbed and say what did i ever do that was my own that was true what did i ever say that was true and it'll be over and too late i've always lived that i just don't want i don't want regrets like that i'd rather be someone who took action i can regret taking an action fine but i went for it anyway that's about all i have to say about this dare greatly to believe in the destiny of this culture and the rebirth of that borderland spirit. Or not even the rebirth, because it's still there. It's just pasted over by other things an ideology. It's not taking it from somewhere that's nostalgic that doesn't exist anymore. It's unlocked by verse like this, by stories like this. There's no such thing as nostalgia. There's no decline. We were never an empire anyway. We didn't plan the empire, it was an accident. It was never an idea until people like Kipling were writing about it. But the truth of it is, it's just England. We were always this. Pay attention to it. Cultivate it, develop it. Dare greatly to believe in it, and God save the king. The website, uh, it's uh, greenwood.media or scottmanion.com. There's membership content there and membership videos. We've got a growing membership on Discord and participate in this growing movement and conversation. And uh, yeah, so the current members on YouTube that are still on YouTube, jump on the website and become a member there and disable, and I'll disable your YouTube one because I just, I can't even message you or anything or send you emails of when there's new content. They do that on purpose, so it's best to get it off YouTube, but yes, where we're aspiring and developing and growing this folk unfolding. We're growing this knowledge and wisdom that's in our own culture.